boys of NASCAR go to Richmond Raceway this weekend, 12.30 p.m. Sunday, April 2nd. Green flag around 12.39. As always, talking racing. Chief joins us here on the program to talk a little bit of NASCAR, maybe some other stuff. Chief, how you doing today, man? I like how you doubled up the time there to make sure people knew that there is a race at 12.30. Um, 12.39 is the green flag. There's a dude on Twitter that when I do my, because on the weekends I post like what to watch on Saturday and Sunday, and there's a guy, there's one guy that goes, West Coast, stupid. And then there's another guy that comments and says, 1239 green flag. Like he always does a green flag time because I just do no. initial time. So that's why I did that was because those guys are annoying, he, right? So he doesn't care too much for the anthem. Yeah, right? And the flyover, which have been spectacular this year, by the way, right? Um, you know, uh, but, uh, look, here's the thing. Let's, before we get into Richmond, cause Richmond is not my favorite race of the weekend. It's actually very boring right. and I don't like, I it. Hear you. but, uh, so let's get this out of the way first. They rescinded the playoff points, uh, for the, uh, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, teams, but the suspensions and the money, we, let's get your thoughts on that. Uh, did NASCAR's, uh, you know, appeal board do the right thing? Uh, I mean, Yes and no, right? I mean, you still gave him a little bit, but the money aspect of it for Hendrick, I feel like, is kind of a slap on the wrist. The suspensions, okay. We saw what these guys have done with their crew chief suspended. I mean, Alex Bowman, before they gave him back the points, he went from you know, leading the points to not even in the playoff picture. He's worked his way back into the playoffs as of last week, right? Like yes. So we haven't really seen a big fall-off with the crew chief suspension at all. Um I think take you know basically giving back all their points is like really like what are you doing a pills panel, and I know a lot of people are like oh man NASCAR let them get away with it like look this isn't a NASCAR thing this is a appeals panel thing independent all right it, they are independent yeah some of the names you've heard uh, that have been on the pills panel I know you know one of the names is Bill Lester he was a uh, driver uh, in NASCAR had a couple of Cup starts in the mid two thousands a very good truck series driver. Um, so he was on the appeals panel and it does change, you know, by case to case type thing. So, I mean, if you see that happen and that appeal gets dropped, like how come Denny Hamlin's appeal isn't going to get dropped? Like there's no reason why Denny Hamlin's penalty should be uplifted if this is what the appeals panel is going to do. Well, here's the thing, right? The NASCAR needs the, the appeals panels, what they go through and what they hear needs to be public. Cause then that takes away these conspiracy theorists, right? With Hendrick, Joe, Hendrick gets away with everything. And, but I think, you know, just going off of the surface, what that tells me as an, as a, you know, un, you know, guy that doesn't know is that yes, Hendrick broke the rules, but NASCAR partly is for fault of it, whether it be NASCAR said work with the manufacturers, we don't care they don't fit, work with the manufacturers and make them fit. So that's what they did, and then they got penalized for it. So I think the appeals panels, at least in that situation, is saying, look, NASCAR has some fault on this as well. And, you know, so we're going to uh, you know alleviate the playoff points but still keep the fines and everything. And the other situation is you can't go on radio and say you purposely do something. Well, I mean, hey, it was 24 hours after the fact, all right? I, I, I still don't think Denny – I don't think the needs to be penalty for that. So we'll see. I don't. I haven't heard when his appeal is going to be. I know he did say he is going to appeal it. He was initially the yeah. signing to appeal, but then he got, like, the report. And I'm guessing the report, and was like, hey, you're getting penalized for this. And then he's all like, wait a minute, that's 
Not even what I did. Like, so what? You're going to penalize me now for this? Like, that's stupid. No, I'm fighting this. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see late. if he has a case. Uh, I, I feel like if he got penalized for stuff he didn't do on the case, he should get it rescinded. Uh, with Hendrick, I mean, we kind of knew. They even said, hey, yeah, we went in there. We got this thing to fit. It wasn't going to fit, but we made it fit. All right, cool. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I know Collie Grayson. I know. Uh, I don't think their appeal has been heard yet. But they were also in the mix, and they have a lot less money than what uh, Rick Hendrick does. So uh, they might be like, hey, look, give us the points penalty, but give me my money back. Right. So we'll see what happens there. But that's why this uh, panel needs to come out, and it needs to be very transparent on what they heard and why they re- reversed it. Because this could turn ugly quickly on NASCAR uh, where uh, with with keeping the appeals process, Daniel Suarez just got fined what fifty thousand uh, dollars, you know, for running into his competitor Alex Bowman on pit road following the race. He wasn't penalized for running his own teammate over, <laughs> but for going after Alex Bowman is where he was penalized fifty thousand uh, dollars there. So they've sent the the message not to you know go after people on pit road when everybody's standing around at that point. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, let's even talk about that because, you know, Ty Gibbs got fined a little bit more money last year and some more points uh, last year during that. And, uh, you know, it, it'd be interesting. I don't think he's going to appeal that one. I mean, you did hit a guy on pit road, and then it turns out you hit the wrong guy. Well, you hit the right guy before you got on pit road, then you hit the wrong guy. After you got on pit road, then you're mad at the wrong guy, then you got mad at the right guy who happens to be your teammate. So a lot of stuff right there, right, to uh, kind of comprehend with those guys. Yeah, so I mean NASCAR. Look, it's. I think no matter what, it's this is all good for NASCAR. Now the danger is, is like I said, if people start seeing inconsistencies with the approval board, you've got to make that uh, you know public knowledge on what they hear and why they decide the way they did. Uh, other than that, I think all this uh, you know stuff is actually good for NASCAR because it adds the controversy to it, right? So everybody can argue about it, get fired up about it, and complain about it, and then everybody's going to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's a controversy, but I did see a couple of people yesterday like, oh, I'm done with NASCAR now. They let them get away with everything. It's like, dude, this wasn't NASCAR that let them get away with it, all right? Like, it wasn't them that said, all right, right, Hendrick, we'll give you back your points, but we'll keep the money. Like, NASCAR was not happy with this outcome, all right? Because anytime they penalize somebody, they don't want anything rescinded. Like, they were not happy at all with the outcome of the deal. Hendrick Motorsports, they were happy. Like, Rick Hendrick's like, I'm happy with this. Yeah, $400,000. Take it. Suspend my guys. Take it. We're still fast, and we're going to be fast this Sunday. So, I mean, it, it, it's funny how you can be so happy but still losing four hundred grand, right? Yeah, and, it, you know, NASCAR, uh, you know, fans, they're, man, they're, they're some of the most passionate fans out there, but they're also sometimes not the smartest. And I mean that, not, I just mean that in terms of their passion blinds them, right? So everybody that hates Hendrick because they have all the money and all that stuff, no matter what, if Hendrick gets any good news, they're going to quit watching the sport, you know, because of that. And, you know, you have that same thing with some drivers like Bubba and, and you know, some teams like that where people I mean, are like, you, if they you win, remember back when Jimmy Johnson was, you know, yeah. winning those seven championships, Chad Canales would get busted in March for doing something. He would get, hey, you're, you're going to get suspended for because you did this and the car wasn't right and you failed tech inspection. So now you're suspended because you did something way out of the box. And then that'd be the only time he got hit up. But then they go on and win, you know, eight races that year in championship. You'd be like, oh, well, he's cheating. You know he's cheating. It's like, well, dude, they busted him when he was cheating. So I'm pretty sure if he was cheating, they'd bust him again. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, NASCAR fans just always crack you up. You kind of have to take a deep breath with them. It's, uh, 
you know, as you uh, deal with that. But look, this weekend, they're at Richmond. Like I said, to me, this is a snoozer of the ways. So, Chief, I'm going to give you one chance to sell me and the listening audience on why we should care at all about this race at Richmond this weekend. I mean, it's a points-paying race. This race is in the playoffs later, so, I mean, maybe for that reason only. Uh, I mean, look, Richmond is not a good track, and like you said, like, it has been just a snoozer for a lot of years, and there's been a lot of talk this week kind of about, like, hey, how come they don't apply sealer to the racetrack anymore? Uh And what that is, that was, like, the first PJ1 that they had back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Richmond would put on bangers of races because they would apply this sealer in the summer, and they would apply it every year. It was just an asphalt sealer. They said it's basically like a cold tar to where you would go apply it twice in the low lane and once in the top lane, and you would get multiple groups of racing throughout the race weekend. So it worked out fine. Richmond had great races in May of 2002. The sealer was on the racetrack, and it rained, so they had to postpone the race to a Sunday, and everything just kind of went to crap because of the rain, the humidity, the weather, and all that stuff. And driver's like, oh, this track sucks now. And then they applied the sealer again for the fall race. All right, track's good now. Then they took the sealer off, haven't used it since 2003. They did repave, and probably about five years after that, we've been stuck with just kind of single-file racing. And, uh, you know, Richmond used to be a track that I looked forward to. It was a track that, you know, it was always around Saturday night, and uh, it was right before the All-Star race every year in May. On a Saturday night, their cup race was in the fall on a Saturday night. And, you know, they kind of lost that nighttime racing feel and it moved it to daytime. And I kind of feel like that's maybe taken away some of it for me, but then also just the racing itself. I mean, like you said, you get a lot of single file racing and they get strung out. Like, I, I wouldn't call it racing. It's just strung out. Yeah, cars, it, it, it's you know, like going in circles. It's like driving on the freeway, but in a circle. Just everybody lines up behind each other and they just go and, and at the same speed. And the interesting thing about it is, is you know, look, I, I'm going to watch it like I always do, of course. I'm, I'm kind of being facetious, but it's not a race I look forward to. It's also the Toyota Owners 400. And, and here's a shocker, Chief. Who dominates this race most years? Toyotas, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually <laughs> in the fall or in the spring, it is a Toyota. I think uh, Denny Hamlin, this is his home track. Yep. So if I was to give you drivers to look for, I'd say, hey, look at Denny Hamlin. Also, his teammate Christopher Bell, who, uh, you know, Denny won this race last year and he finished top five the, in the fall race. Christopher Bell finished second in the fall race and had a sixth place run in the spring. Then also Kevin Harvick, he had uh, top fives here last year as well and uh, won uh, this race after getting his first one of the year. Yeah, and uh, Dommy, Martin uh, Martin Truex Jr., who you know is, is on the verge of retiring every year. We're wondering if he's going to come back. Probably going to be his last year. He races this track really well. He's actually got seventeen to two odds, so he's got decent odds going into this weekend. Uh, so I, that's that's part of my problem too. Is uh, when you get to a track where you know it's it's so predictable and it's been predictable for five six years, it takes a lot of the allure out. You know, uh, it's kind of like when the Suns play like you know. The Hornets. You're like, ah, Suns are winning by 20. All right. But you still watch it, you know, and you try to find things you like out of it. Uh, Non-Toyota drivers with good odds. uh, William Byron, uh, they're at 11-2. and Uh, Of course, Kyle Larson uh, are 6-1 and there. So can those guys bring – we're not going to see a lot of passing this weekend. So are are those guys going to be able to uh, get enough passing done to win this thing? 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for Larson, he probably won't have to pass a whole lot of people because I see him probably starting up front. He uh, always has a fast car. Uh, Richmond won the pole there last year, then just kind of fell back in the race. But we haven't seen that fall-off speed this year with Larson. It seems like once they qualify up to the front, like they just keep getting better and better as the uh, day goes on. And we've seen that, you know, when he had his crew chief, Cliff Daniels, the first, uh, you know, couple races of the season. And, you know, we're still kind of seeing it here as, uh, you know, the last couple weeks. Although Coda was kind of a bleak show for him, got taken out a couple of times and uh, was basically a uh, wash. A, laundry washer on a spin cycle there for majority of the race but uh, other than that i think uh, he, he'll be good william byron i think his odds are a little bit better just because he has the two wins this year mm-hmm. one of them being at phoenix which uh, a lot of people kind of compare richmond to in terms of you know kind of how it's laid out how the corners are so i think those odds are basically just because of that um, but, you know, other guys you look for that aren't in the Toyota stable, I mean, he, he, the guy who got the win taken away from him at Phoenix, I think Kevin Harvick, he runs that Harvick line, and he finds a way to uh, always be up the front here at Richmond. He didn't get it taken away from him. He made a bad pit stop, and uh, that's what took it away from him. Yeah, I'm, him. I'm just saying he was there. Like, you know, William Byron stole the win, right? Hey, last... You can't say he didn't steal that win. Yeah, well, I know. Well, you don't go for four when everybody else goes for two tires, of course. But So, who do you have this weekend? at Richmond. I have uh, who I think is going to win, and then I have a what I consider a dark horse uh, on there. So who do you got? Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of torn. I like the two vets. I like Martin Truex just because he came out of the clash so hot and was like, hey, let's get it done. And this year just really hasn't been panning out too much for Martin Truex. So I kind of like uh, Martin Truex and Kevin Harvard to battle it out this weekend. I think Christopher Bell, If I, my, my, my go-for pick, if I'm going to put money on it, it's Christopher Bell. He's been racing good. He's been uh, consistent. And he's just this quiet kid that you blink and he's in the front, right? But watch out. And I don't – this guy's my dark horse because he's always leading races. He's always up there. He just can't get the finishing done the last year and a half. But watch out for Blaney. He finished second at Phoenix. Very similar race, uh, you know, the with the package that they're running and everything with the track. Uh, watch out for Blaney to uh, sneak up there and uh, win this race uh, if he gets in the front and win it kind of comfortably with his speed once he gets in that front. So uh, that's my dark horse. Any, uh, am I way out base with Blaney? No, I don't think you are. You know, I think Blaney, uh, you know, he's one of the drivers I was looking at. Had both races last year. I believe he got top tens in both races yeah, both, last year. Yeah, so, both of them, yeah. You know, like you said, Great at Phoenix, obviously, and then uh, here, you know, we'll just kind of see. I think for him, he's going to have to start up front. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the question. Uh, I lied. That one more. Uh, it's raining uh, today there. It's going to rain tomorrow there. We don't know how much tomorrow yet, but uh, it's definitely going to rain tomorrow. If they can't get qualifying in, uh, you know, or whatever they need to do to get out there on the track, to, to get on this track, that's also going to affect uh, the drivers this weekend on Sunday because it's going to be 61 degrees as a high with Cloudy on Sunday uh, there in uh, Richmond. Yeah, I'll have to ask Bob Cochris how all that works out and who starts on the pole for that one. Well, because... I know, because well, they go off of the, <laughs> the stats and the, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Matrix from the week before and all that jazz. Yeah, so I'm just saying, something to pay attention to going into this weekend. The other big event this weekend, Chief, uh, you're going out there on Sunday. Have you changed your plans yet? Are you definitely going uh, to so no, far? Yeah, definitely going. Tickets are in the phone. We are uh, we are definitely going. So uh, you know, just really quick, what's your most exciting match that you're looking forward to in WrestleMania this weekend? Uh, I'm very I'm looking forward to the Triple Threat IC title. You got Gunther, who I think is phenomenal yeah. and has just keep getting better uh, every time he goes out. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, they just 
beat the heck out of each other. Like, these guys, I know people are like, oh, it's dangerous wrestling. Like, these guys are, like, best friends who beat the hell out of each other. Like, you see the marks on all three of these men. You will see the marks on all three of these men guaranteed after this match because they are going in there and they are beating the hell out of each other, right? They're not pulling back on their slaps, their punches and stuff. They are beating the hell out of each other. And in the back, they go crack a beer, and I think that one's going to be a phenomenal match. I think it's going to be good, but I think Gunther's the weak link in that one. Izzy, what do you think? Really? Yeah. Oh, I love me some Gunther. I don't even. I can't even tell you who's the weak link in this one. So the got- re- the reason why I say Gunther's the weak link is because like we saw him at Raw. I saw him at Raw on Monday yeah. night, and I saw him up close. And I was like, Gunther's the type of guy where he works out just enough that when he breathes, you see his twelve pack, but then when he you know when he breathes out, it's just flap. Yeah. Like he's just right yeah, on that edge. And whereas to be fair, Gunther was four hundred pounds two years ago. Yeah, that is true. I'll give you that. <laughs> I I just really like Sheamus, and I really like Drew McIntyre, and I just think they're wrestling. Gunther is kind of that old school, just you know, do his moves and stand there. And I just uh, I like the showmanship of the other two guys. So I think that's I, why I think that's why I like him so much because he is that old school kind of like mentality. You don't. You haven't seen a wrestler like that since probably like late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. So that's that's kind of why I don't like him. Though I like the showmanship, the flair that goes out there, and and uh, just Gunther just is kind of like there, you know. He's like, oh, big brute. <laughs> and, and I heard the y'all's conversation earlier, and I have to disagree. I think if Austin Theory wins, Triple H is definitely in charge of creative. How, what? Because why? You look at how look when Austin Theory was booked with Vince McMahon. This guy was just, like, thrown down our throats for no reason. Yes. We're like, what is going on he with would, Austin Theory, right? Yeah, he wouldn't be in a match. Triple yeah. H got him. He had the money to make contract in hand. It's like, look, dude, we're not putting the title on you, all right? Like, you're going to go get the U.S. title. I think he's elevated his game. I think Triple H has elevated Austin Theory so much. Like, I love Austin Theory. At first, I hated him. I was like, this guy is too much. But now, like, Austin Theory, I think he's great. And what would be the point of having John Cena come in and actually win? Like, when's he going to get time to defend the title? He hasn't been on TV to talk. He came in three weeks ago. That's it. Yeah, but he doesn't. I agree with you on that side, but he also doesn't have any movies booked soon. So you mean to tell me he's making a few million dollars to show up every few weeks? Uh, And you can advance. I think you can advance the theory uh, card more with him losing this match. All right. Well, John see, I didn't know John Cena's movie thing. I'm glad you're on top of that. So if he doesn't have movies booked, and this is a program they run out to SummerSlam, I would not be opposed to Cena going over here. Because, I mean, the weird spot is it's the first match of the night. Usually first match of the night, the face goes over, right? Yes. Like, we've, we've all come to see that first match, the face usually goes over. So, I mean, I was kind of like, wow, that's weird. They're putting the first because my initial thought was they're going to have John Cena win. Like, he's got to go do movies, right? So if he doesn't have movies and this is a program they extend out till August, I could definitely see Cena win and then Austin getting his redemption at SummerSlam. Yeah, I see. I could see that because what other storyline do you have for Theory? Nobody nobody wants to deal with him. He has no other storyline. So you have to kind of keep this going. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards. And, and uh, this know, has but, been a storyline that's been building, you know, yes. with a lot of, like, talk on social media, this and that. I mean, I think Theory, he did a uh, photo shoot. Really good job. John Cena's old gear. Like, yeah. it, 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 but that's my point. It's been built up so good. That just for it to end at WrestleMania and Cena disappears would be an awkward ending, in my opinion. You need to kind of keep, right. like you said, keep it stretched out a little bit more. It doesn't mean you're going to see Cena every week. You're not going to see him even every couple weeks, three weeks. 
But he's getting paid enough money for this storyline to build up there. And where else is uh, Theory going to go in a storyline to make it just as good, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing planned. I mean, usually WrestleMania ends the storylines, but I think with a part-timer, you kind of start the storyline there because, I mean, you're right. There is nowhere for him to kind of go. Uh, Dominic or Ray? Are we on pro dad or are we on pro son? Loudmouth son. Pro, pro son, man. Uh, Ray Cunningham, M series? Come on now. Knock, knock the crap out of your <laughs> loudmouth kid, man. That's what I got to say. I, I mean, I tell you what, <laughs> Dominic, he has come a long way for me. I used to hate him. I remember I was there at Raw a couple years ago when he, like, before he even started training, and Brock Lesnar beat the crap yeah. out of him, and I loved it. We are cheering it. And, you know, Brock's supposed to get heat by beating up Dominic. Everybody's like, no, nah, screw Dominic. He sucks. Then he was a face, you know, tag team with his dad, and people were like, whatever, this kid's terrible. But, man, is he over or what with this ill persona? He wants to be Eddie's son. I saw yesterday he was yeah. in Eddie's car with yeah. Rhea. Like, I, I just think what Dom's doing is the best stuff ever. I mean, Prison Dom, is he? Am I right? Love Prison Dom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was funny, too. Well, everybody's on Ray's side at Raw the other night. Ireland was, like, the only one on Dominic's side, right, uh, there. <laughs> but um, my daughter. But, uh, look, it's it's a, watch out with who she dates. <laughs> it's a fun story. Like, I, I, first of all, with you, you've met her. Uh, anybody that dates her, I feel sorry for them right off the bat. I'm going to have to have the top She likes those prison types. Jeez. <laughs> but, uh. But look, it's I like the way the storyline's going. And here's the other thing I like about this storyline is that, you know, you're getting kind of that edge back into the WWE again where it went totally PC for a while. And now it's like, all right, let's do this dad-son thing. It's actually a relatable thing, not that you want to beat up your dad all the time. But there are times where you get mad at him, right, and you say things that Dominic's saying now and, and all that. I think it's a fantastic uh, storyline, and to see they're getting a little bit edgy again as they go through. So last thing for you, Chief. Oh, yeah, I mean, me and my dad went to blows once when I was, you know, a teenager, and he showed me, yep, yeah, don't want to yeah, do that. Yeah. And this is a storyline. This is long-term story building, all right? One of the guys, one of the participants in the story is dead. And, 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 you know, these guys fought for Dominic's contract. And Ray won his, you know, his son, basically. Like, yeah. And now he doesn't want to be in his son. So, yeah, I love it. Long-term story. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes? The only thing I care about here, uh, who do you got in this one? I mean, I, I feel like Roman's due for a break, right? That's I mean, I, I, I feel like the build to it has been great. Obviously, a lot of people want to see Sami Zayn in there, but we all knew Sami and Kevin were going to go for the tag titles, which that should be a phenomenal match. Hope it made events night one. Um, and, and I really do like Cody. I, I, I think Cody goes over. My two-year-old is obsessed with Cody Rhodes right now. Uh, every time I come home, he's like, Dad. Cody, he sees Cody on TV. He says, Cody, Cody. He even has it down. Like, you've seen Colton, right? He has it yeah, down. Yeah. So whenever Cody Rhodes does the oh part in a song, two-year-old's on it. <laughs> he knows when to well, hit the oh. I'm like, my gosh. That's so, yeah, my, my, my fiance went out. Sam went out the other day. Found an old Cody Rhodes AEW action figure at Walmart. <laughs> it was with the Lux model, so it was 40 bucks. She bought it because he wanted it. So now it's just Cody, 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 Cody at my house. I think, well, first of all, Cody Rhodes is the superstar in the WWE now. The guy. He, you know, he's the John Cena of today, for instance. He's the rock of today. And in this thing, I agree. Izzy thinks Roman Reigns is going to win this, right? Yeah, definitely think Roman's going to win this one. I I think it's time Roman gets the break. Roman, as a hit or miss, fans either love Roman or they hate him, right? They don't want to root for him or they do want to root for him. And Cody Rhodes is just that all-American, just go out there, superstar. And I think that's why Cody Rhodes – now you can keep it going after that. Now 
Now Roman Reigns has to do what? When he loses this match, he goes, all right, I got to get this back. I, I've been stolen from me. I need to get it back. And then you can kind of get that storyline going instead of just the old tried and true. Oh, yay, Roman wins again. Like, there's no danger of him ever losing. And I think they need to get away from that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for Roman, I mean, look, the guy, he's phenomenal, right? I'm not taking anything away from Roman. The guy's phenomenal. He's carried WWE on his back through COVID and through now, uh, you know, but he's kind of coming off as a part-timer right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of pe- people, and probably Triple H included, don't really like part-time guys. And I think, you know, if Cody uh, goes over here and wins this thing, we know there's going to be a lot of call-ups coming on. We know guys are going to come back, so there's going to get some fresh blood into these storylines. And to your point, I mean, shout-out to Cody for – what he's done in WWE. I mean, this is a guy who literally went out, left WWE, started his own company, AEW, and couldn't even get over in AEW. Like, fans booed the yes. crap out of him. He got like, a, he was John Cena here, like, you know, yeah. early 2000s. He got a neck so, tattoo. Just shout out to him. <laughs> he got a neck tattoo to show you how bad it went for him over there in AEW. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's come back, and he's embraced it, and the fans have embraced him. And I think this is – I think – his injury makes it more important that Cody Rhodes wins because he had to disappear for seven months when he tore his pack. And mm-hmm. I think it's even more important now that he goes over the top because he is, he's easily, like I said, John Cena, The Rock, he, Hulk Hogan, he is that figure. And you see it in the crowd. I saw it in Raw the other night. And that's why I think it's important that he wins this to keep that going. You know, and he'll eventually take a heel turn and, and all of that stuff like they all do, right? But it's going to be fun, right. man. Two weekend, two days of, of WrestleMania for those of you on Peacock. Uh, Chief's going to be there night two. Chief, we'll talk to you on Monday about both uh, Richmond. Hopefully we see some excitement there. And then also uh, WrestleMania and what it's like over there, man. So I appreciate it as always. Appreciate it, guys. Can't wait to recap it all.